0: And hello, everybody, everybody, hello, and welcome to We Sync it. I the- yes, it's a weekly podcast that focuses on all on movies, TV, and the entertainment in between. I am one of your hosts, Pat. And this is Kev. And how is everybody doing today?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. What's going on, Kevin? How you doing, bro? I am doing absolutely fantastic. How about
0: you? I'm doing great, man. It's uh we're already two months into this year and the earth's still spinning so i'm happy i'm (laughs) still happy because there's a lot of fucking people doing videos about what if the earth stops spinning right now what will happen i'm like yo are you guys like y'all trying to fucking dream this shit to happen what's what's happening (laughs) man world's already fucked up as it is but at least we're still here and we still can change it you know what i mean so
1: yeah i'm doing good Enough about that dreary shit. <laughs> <laughs> so recently, Netflix announced uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: the yes. sequel. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be a direct sequel to the first film. Uh, kind of like what all these other horror movie franchises are doing—they're yeah. just kind of like retconning it's, the thing. And
0: yeah, it's like it—it's like they don't want to reboot from scratch they just want to say okay this is the one that everybody enjoys and everybody remembers the first one so what we're going to do is just going to do a a direct sequel not really directly but a direct sequel to the
1: the first one but it's years later decades decades it's decades later. later yeah decades later so leatherface is an older man it you can tell that it's modern day just by the the vehicles that they're driving in yeah. the trailer mm-hmm. um I think some of the shots did look interesting. I like the shot in the trailer of, like, the cornfield, and then you just see him...
0: Yeah, popping up. Popping what, up. What did you think about the gag with... uh, uh Whatever you're going to do, you're going to get canceled, and everybody, just, you know, because people pull out their phones, and they were like, hey, if you do anything, you're going to get canceled, and he just, like, just wrapped up that fucking <laughs> chainsaw. It was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Dude, that's a lot of motherfuckers in that goddamn uh, bus that you're going to kill. Is. If you never used a chainsaw before on a human being, let me let you know something right now. Uh, after a while, no. Nah, <laughs> I was going to say some wild shit, but I do believe that if you do use a chainsaw on anything that's, like, uh, organic or anything, after a while it does get, like, gunked up with, like, I don't know, clothing uh, and stuff like that. You know, that
1: would be an interesting scene to to watch in the movie if if they add that, like... If it gets the, gunked up? The, the work that the killers have to be put in to actually stay active and stay scary, it's like, no, nah, there's maintenance, man. Yeah. He has to pull apart this chainsaw. He has to, you <laughs> know, like clean it all the grime and the bones yeah. and the guts and all that stuff. And
0: You have to do that kind of stuff. That's why um, Michael, no, not Michael Myers, uh, Jason is, I mean, the machete is a perfect weapon. It's a perfect tool. You chop. You keep on chopping, and even if it gets dulled out, you can basically turn that thing into one of those gladiator uh, swords where it just, it's not meant to cut. It's just meant to break bone kind of
1: thing. Do you think Leatherface uh, uses Amazon to order parts? Oh, hell saw? yeah. But He lives all the way out in the sticks. Yeah, he most definitely
0: uses Amazon. Just just picture him just sitting there hunched over his little, uh, <laughs> what you call it, laptop, Apple laptop. And he's, oh, look at this, a new brand of uh, chainsaw. This one right here, I get more torque <laughs> than my last one. <laughs> I can see Leatherface doing that kind of stuff. Amazon, you should do an advertisement just for that. I think that movie uh, drops out. Uh, it drops, um oh, I
1: think it drops this week, right, right. after Valentine's Day. Do you think also because uh, I w- I was at Home Depot the other day and the, I actually saw they have like electrical chainsaws. Do you think he looks at that and it's like, like yeah, oh, he's a, he can, these, you can't get the juice. You look can't at, ju- look yeah. at this woke crowd trying yeah. to go electrical.
0: The thing that's that's more tormenting about a chainsaw is the fact that you see like smoke coming out of it. Like that adds to the whole. uh what the terror of it? Because oh, yeah. when it revs up and you just see nothing but f- you see that fucking smoke and shit, it's like it adds to it. And an electrical, yo, know, I heard an electrical car uh, come by my house when uh, I ordered Uber like a couple of days ago, and that shit sounds like the goddamn Jetsons. I'm not scared of the Jetsons. That that shit, can you imagine? And that's all you're hearing? Nah. And on top of that, if it's electric and you need to power it up, that mean that you're you're restricted because there's a line, there's a cable that's running, which would be a funny-ass gag, too. Like, if somebody's further too far and he has to, like, try to yank the cable and then it comes out of the wall, so now he has to, like, try to beat this guy senseless with a uh, a chainsaw that's not working. So he has to use it in a way, in a manner that is not meant to be used, which would be pretty cool.
1: Actually... Using a chainsaw on a person is a manner that is not supposed to be used. But that that would be a cool uh, <laughs> plot twist. Someone who's trying to get away from Leatherface, so they cut the cord. Just, yeah, just go. <laughs> and then he's just <laughs> trying to maneuver, try to. Well, at that it. point, I think he's just swinging the yeah. the, the chainsaw <laughs> at that point. Like, fuck if it's not on, but just I'm starting to swing at it,
0: hurting people with it. I could definitely see that. But w- what's your thoughts on this whole thing about like uh, everybody doing this? Not everybody. So far, there's only like two or three movies that are doing this.
1: The only thing that I'm afraid of, if they if they continue those, like, social media jokes and, like, the, the modern day, like, oh, you know, it's supposed to take place modern day, so we're going to show our actors doing TikToks and stuff like that, that is going to water down the film, and that's not... To me, like, if you're going to add tropes that have to do with that decade or that age or mm-hmm. that era, then you're outdated, you're going to make the movie outdated. Like, 10 years from now, the movie's not going to be entertaining because it has those out-of-date jokes. Um, I think the reason why... Uh, so you're saying the jokes should be uh, timeless. Exactly. I, I, You know, I look at... Um, I, I was watching uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin the other day, and there were MySpace jokes in the movie. And I'm like, oh, man, these jokes are outdated. But when I watch Young Frankenstein, mm-hmm. that movie never goes out of date because there aren't jokes in there like yeah. that.
0: Because, you know, I think because Young Frankenstein, those jokes are. They're like character jokes. It's like it's not about like what's happening at, in the time. It's about the actual like the character, the the characters and the, the people and stuff and like things that you can relate to kind of in a way. Like, you've been in the situation that either you're the person who is making a joke, thinking about the joke, or the you are the joke itself. So you can see, you can relate in many ways to a joke that's in, like, Frankenstein. Like, um, I'm trying to think. I, I haven't seen Frankenstein in a long time. But, like, jokes that are written by, um, what's the guy who, who? From Mel Brooks. From Mel Brooks. They are timeless just because you can relate to his jokes and his comedy his brand of comedy is like funny and you know what sometimes at some a certain time it seems crass but then when you think about like like super bad or any of these other movies like no nah, it's it's not that bad these jokes are just funny and you I I just feel comfortable just laughing at them cuz i know that they they are not like
1: for lack of a better term like they they have no ill will kind of thing. You know? Yeah, you know, it's funny because like I, I look at Halloween one. Mm-hmm. Halloween one, the the original from the nineteen seventies is a classic. It doesn't feel outdated. The it, it's always gonna be scary. But then I look at Halloween, um I think it was Halloween Resurrect- Resurrection, where it had, that was the one that with Buster Rhymes, and it's supposed to be focused on a reality TV show. Okay, and that feels outdated. Even though that movie came out decades after the original one, that one feels uncomfortable to watch because it's like, oh man, this really is an early two thousands movie, and like the jokes that they say regarding reality television, like mm. it's it does feel outdated because they focused on that one gimmick. Halloween didn't focus on any gimmicks. Crazy guy escapes mental hospital, stocks babysitter. That's it. You don't have to add specific tropes from that decade or that, you know, era. And that and I, I really hope that they don't focus on that with this new Text Chainsaw Master because yeah. I do feel Leatherface is one of the most terrifying villains. Uh he's definitely up there with like Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, like so if they if they water it down, it's not gonna be enjoyable. It's gonna be very forgettable and
0: you know. Yeah, no no, I I agree with you 100%. And on top of that, even while you're in that like decade, like this joke can be specifically for you. Like all the jokes that are that we saw on the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Netflix uh movie. Like these jokes are geared towards um well, I think I'm about to be out the fucking door of like pop culture or whatever, but they're geared towards like like twenty somethings, eighteen somethings, and stuff like that. And even when you're in that uh, that age range and stuff, when you see a joke that's supposed to be geared towards you or something like, it, it just feels like ah, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Like I'm just thinking about like moments when, when you're talking about watching that uh, Halloween Resurrection, and you see that it's like, okay, so they're just really just trying to lean in thick on this whole. Well, you know, it's a joke about the time. Like, if I see somebody try to do, like, a some some type of challenge in this fucking movie, I can already see that. I'm like, oh, my God. Why? Challenges are just, you know, TikTok uh, popular, you know, is on, on the internet and stuff like that. But if they do it in a movie, even if they're doing challenges, like, 30, 40 years from now, it's still going to be dated. Like, why would you want to date your movie? These movies should be, like, just... Timeless, you should be able to pop this in 20 30 years from now and still be able to just enjoy it for what it is and not just being like, Oh, I'm watching it. It's it's forced nostalgia, is what's happening, and I'm not a fan of it. So, we'll see, we'll see how the movie turns out. I don't think it's gonna be that good just based (laughs) off of that whole uh, that bus scene, but I'm still gonna watch it because some of these kills look uh, they look pretty cool like if you if i'm seeing some people who are dying in cool ways i am i'm definitely going to watch it cuz there was that um the halloween movie that came out um that was like they they remade it that was from rob zombie yeah. remember that one there was the the scene where he uh, chopped off the guy's leg with a chainsaw and then he hung him up on the spikes and no that wasn't halloween that was uh texas chainsaw texas chainsaw yeah. my bad when uh, he hung him up on the spikes and just so he can preserve his fucking leg, he put salt on a paper and he put it on the leg. They show you this whole fucking scene. Why? Because it was fucking awesome. I remember seeing this shit and I was cringing
1: in my fucking seat. Like,
0: oh my god! They
1: it's back on Netflix this month. That, that movie, that specific Texas Chainsaw that remake. I
0: gotta rewatch it, and yeah. I, I really want to know what the hell did that that uh that small woman? Where does she have that gun? Like, it was was it strapped to her leg?
1: in the beginning? Nah, she stuck it. Nah. Yeah. That that was the that was really. Yeah. It was like covered in blood.
0: Why would she do that for?
1: Just so she can kill herself? She needed a shit she needed some she needed to hold it somewhere.
0: Why? <laughs> nah, but like for <laughs> real though. She did that just so she can kill herself. She could have done that when she was on the street.
1: Yeah, you know what? You're right. She, she could have done that sense. like A while ago, why would she still have the gun? She should have. Maybe she 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 held on to the gun because she thought that there was hope of her getting away. But when she saw that the teenagers were basically heading back to where she came from, she was like, "All right, no, that's it." This is, (laughs) and then that's when she did it. She was like, "No, no, no, I'm not going back. I'm not going back." And then, and you know, they they
0: still didn't explain. What happened to her? Because you remember there was a prequel. There was a movie that came after that, but it was supposed to be a prequel to that yeah. that movie.
1: I actually never saw that one.
0: You never saw that one. No. The ending was pretty cool because you thought that uh, you. It makes you totally forget that there's this is a prequel and you think that this woman is going to get away and you see like a cop pulls over a, a guy in a car, right? And you see the cop is talking to the guy in the car and she's driving towards him and you know, she does, she does the sigh of relief and then out of fucking nowhere, a chainsaw just come out of the backseat, like right through her fucking chest. Yeah! And she crashes into the cop, into the person who got pulled over and everybody's dead but Leatherface just walks out. And I was like, oh right, this is a prequel. Right, 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 right. This is pretty good. I can't remember anything else from that movie. Oh, you see, Leatherface was, uh, he He wasn't on board with uh, with uh, killing people at first. You know, he wasn't on board with it. And when he killed his first person, he saw that he, fought, he took off the guy's uh, face and put the, the guy, he, now he didn't like have patches. He just put the guy's full face on his face, which was pretty cool because then, the guy who he kills, you see his uh, his girlfriend looking at Leatherface with her boyfriend's face on it, which, if you think about it, is a terrifying fucking look because it's a terrifying look, but at least you know, all right, I don't got to look for this person anymore. I can get the fuck out of here. Plan B now, which, you know, she in turn, she did. She said, oh, this, this, this motherfucker dead. Let me get the fuck out of here. And
1: uh, he did, he does that also. Oh, then that was the influence for the because because in the remake he does the same thing too. Yeah, he's a he's an ugly boy. He the... He's an he's an
0: ugly guy, and apparently he got uh, bullied when he was a, a little kid. Cause... Oh, shocking! <laughs> That's the narrative. That that yo, have you seen this? Uh, there's this uh, show that came out on Netflix. I think it's South Korean. I could be wrong, but it's called We Are All Dead. It's a it's a zombie movie. It's a it's a zombie TV
1: show. Came out in uh I would say three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Is that the high school one? Yeah. I saw the trailer for it last night on Netflix. I haven't watched it. Yo, they bully different, bro. If that, if, if
0: that show has shows any uh implementation of how they bully in Asia, they bully different, dude. How do they it's, bully? It's methodical, bro. It is deep. Bullying over here. Well, I remember when I was a little kid, it was like shallow as fuck compared to what they do. I'm talking about like they stripping people naked.
1: Oh right, no! But bullying has been getting like that now. For real? Here, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I'm See, fighting because, everybody because bro. because we didn't have we didn't have <laughs> streaming when we were kids. Wow. Yeah, we didn't have. But like kids are now like uploading video tricking people to doing stuff and then streaming it live. Yeah, man, it's definitely more psychological. I was watching um I was yo, I was watching American not American horror story, but they did one that is specifically for Hulu, mm-hmm. and instead of like the season, the whole season being about this one story, every episode is a different story. So there's this girl who has a fetish for like that uh gimp suit, like leather, you mm-hmm. know, vinyl or whatever. And um, these girls at her school find out about it. So one of them, who's like the, the leader of the group of the bullies, she's like the prettiest one. She's actually played by Paris Jackson, Michael Jackson's daughter. She starts flirting with the girl. She's an actress now? Yeah. She starts flirting with the girl and making her believe that she's into her. And then they have like a sleepover. Is she a
0: good actress or you think it's just a name?
1: She did a pretty good job playing the bully. Like, you know, playing like that. She's supposed to, she's supposed to be like the mean girl of okay. the school. She, I mean, she did a good job doing that. And she convinces the girl like, oh, we're about to have sex or whatever. But before, like, I want to get to know, like, what are your fetishes? So the girl starts talking about it and she captures all of that on video. She's streaming, actually she's streaming it live and then the girl the main character her phone goes off and when she looks at her phone her friend is texting her like yo stop talking you're being streamed live and then she realizes oh this was all a prank i'm being bullied yeah that uh that shit's happening i for those who are watching euphoria you guys know the one of the main characters ends up becoming a big ass like fetish youtube star porn star because in high school while she's in high school because she loses her virginity at a party. The guy who takes her virginity, films it, posts it on like Pornhub, like one of those sites. She ends up becoming famous off of that. And then she realizes, you know what, I'm gonna go along with this. If I can make money off of it, fuck it. In high school. Well, she's in high school, yeah. How old is she? Nah, she's a minor. But the thing is, you don't know they don't know that on the internet because they don't release the her age, so and she ends up, but she ends up going along with this. She's like, because she sees the comments that people leave, they're like, "Yo, is there is there more videos on her? Because I would, I'd pay to see this, I'd pay to see more of her." So then she takes the idea runs with it, and ends up making her own um, like.
0: You see that at that point, I'm like well, I mean, capitalism
1: one on one. Yeah, it's like okay, well I mean she's
0: doing it, she's doing it, she's doing her own way kind of thing. But it's still like, damn, it sucks that she got into that situation. But damn, she's also a minor. There's a lot more dams than there are than there are yes. That show is crazy, man. I yo, I still have yet to watch it, but um, watch it. <laughs> that show, you know, the same way that you're talking about, this is the same way that people would fucking talk about uh, Game of Thrones. Them Thrones, you remember that shit? That fucking uh, show? Uh, and I feel, I felt weird about watching Game of Thrones.
1: Yo, Euphoria <laughs> is definitely my favorite show of 2022. If it didn't um, have the cinematography and all that other stuff. Oh no, it would be a boring teen drama that the cinematography well no no also the themes the the stuff that they're talking about you think that's happening in high school i think it's a hap. it's happening a lot It just we haven't seen it so this is what this is what i love about euphoria Mm. so we're all used to watching these teen dramas and these teen films and they're all the same i'm not used to it no you are because no because (laughs) literally so in she's all that. Mm. Who's the main character? The girl, right? Yeah. And she's quirky and she's weird and she's an outcast. Mm-hmm. Super bad. Who's the main character? Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. The weird outcast, quirky. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about you know uh, porn all the time. Nick and Nora's playlist. A fucking teen uh, outcast, quirky. We we keep getting that same main character, and then you have all the other characters. And they're all perfect. You have the perfect high school quarterback jock Mm -hmm. who is dating the perfect cheerleader outcast. Who's I mean, not cheerleader outcast, cheerleader popular girl. Mm -hmm. And everybody is perfect except the main character. What Euphoria is doing is like, no, 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 no. Everybody's fucked up. They're just, they know how to hide it. And in what I loved about the first season, in every episode, they start the season with, this is why the quarterback is fucked up. We're going to show you his childhood. Because if you think about it, to be that popular quarterback, you got to have a dominant personality, right? Mm-hmm. That means he was raised by dominant parents. Could you imagine that household when they're, getting, when they're getting into a family argument, three dominant people going at it with each other? Like, yo, there is some psychological problems there. Then you have the girl who's like the slut of the school. What the fuck caused her to be a slut? Like, wh- how was she brought up that that became a thing that was like embedded Please in Please tell me that the slut is not the girl who was raped and put on, on Pornhub. Is no, no, who? no. It's okay, not her. Okay, cool. It's All not right. her. But And that's what I love about the show is that they're showing like, yo, yo. All these kids are fucked up, and what's crazy is that they're gonna grow up and carry it on. Their kids are gonna be exactly like them because they're just exactly like. So their drug parents. is just like an afterthought on this show. Well, no, no. So the main so the main character is played by Zendaya, oh. and she happens to be a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And then you see why she got into it, and it sucks because she was like a helpless victim. Basically, her father died of cancer. Mm-hmm. He was on a lot of pain pills. And she felt bad for him, and she saw how much, and then out of curiosity, she tried it. She wanted to taste it and see how, if the, if this was actually effective or not. And then she got addicted. She got addicted, and then she couldn't get away from it. And so oh. she was just like, a, and then on top of that, she grew up with a OCD. She had an OCD problem. So she was already on medication growing up, and then oh, okay. that with that mixed in with the medication that she was taking that her father had, like whenever he was like asleep, she would try it, and then she started getting used to it, and then that's how the, she became the, the, the um,
0: showrunner. Um, he said that he basically wrote this show and came up with the whole idea because he is also like. You know, he's battling addiction. Yeah, probably. when he was
1: younger, yeah. he, he was going through the same thing. So a lot of the stuff like he experienced, he added to the story uh, of the show. But I didn't know that this was actually a remake. Uh, there, This was re- a remake off of an Israeli show. Was is it called and, uh, Euphoria as well? I'm not sure if it was also called Euphoria. I got to look into it. But You know they're he, making a Degrassi. They're, they're re- bringing back Degrassi, yeah. And how much you want to bet
0: that they're going to try to touch... They're gonna try to get into the euphoria kind of aspect of it. I oh, never was 100%. a fan hundred percent. I was never a fan of Degrassi. I think I, I grew I think I was too old to get into Degrassi. But um from what I've seen of the clips and the uh, I think I saw like one episode, um there was a lot better TV shows that are about like High school.
1: So when Game of Thrones came out, it took over, and then from Game of Thrones, now we see. Oh, there was this uh Viking. We have The Witcher. We have the Viking. Viking we have uh, all these other stuff. The guy that played North Aquaman, and... Jason Momoa, did a thing for Apple Plus. Yeah, all these medieval guides, guys who who look like they haven't showered in months yeah. with long beards. All these shows that started becoming popular. I do think Euphoria is going to do the same thing. I don't know if you saw The Fallout. It just came out on Netflix. The name of the show is the Fallout. It's called the Fallout, and it's about a girl. And it's, bro, there's a scene where she takes ecstasy and she's in class having like a trip. And I'm like, bro, they got this from this 100 was influenced Wait, by Euphoria. Okay, I'm about to now, say some real stupid. Now, Never mind. The, now the the plot of the story is a little bit different. It's a girl who survived a school shooting, and you see how it affects her psychologically, and how it affects her and her relationship with her friends and all that. But I still see, like, definitely, uh, especially with the main actress Jenna Ortega. You could tell if you were to ask her, "Hey, who influenced you in your performance?" Oh, Zendaya in Euphoria for sure. Um, I do think Euphoria is gonna influence a whole bunch of new TV series and TV movies where kids are gonna be taking drugs mm. and they're gonna, they're not gonna know how to act in parties and there's gonna be just sex, 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 sex. sex. But if you, you think know about they, it,
0: they they did a, a report on that and they said that. Um, the high schoolers are having less sex now than they have in previous years but they asked high schoolers this you know in a survey so i don't th- i don't think that everybody's, like, they gonna lying. To...
1: everybody's lying
0: everybody's lying Everybody. i think everybody's fucking out here man
1: and as uh, and if anything this shows <laughs> definitely going to influence that but yeah. um i i thought that i i think the show was fantastic i mean bro some of the best cinematography i've seen in television in for bro. I,
0: I still haven't watched like a full episode, but I have seen like clips of how they like how they shot it and stuff. And there was this one scene, uh, I think it must have happened like last week or the week before, where it is a slow truck in to it looks like a painting of uh I wanna say uh a woman Who's wearing like a floral dress or something and you think it's a painting and then she starts to smile.
1: Oh yeah, and it's supposed to be Frida Kahlo. It's like it's supposed to be uh yeah, one hundred percent. So and
0: they did that, and I was like, Oh, what is this? And then when I saw how they did it, yo, they have fucking tungsten fucking lights. All in a fucking it was in a uh a fucking what, what like a book light. A big fucking book light. I'm talking twenty feet high box around her. And yo, I know for a fact that she was fucking hot, cause those lights put out so much fucking. Heat. Just looking at the picture, I was sweating,
1: and I was just looking at it. I'm like, oh my god! And the the camera just slow, just slowly, just what what they're doing is like they'll get ordinary shots. Mm-hmm. Like okay, in one scene, it's a girl riding to her friend's house, and she's riding on her bike. Anybody would have just, all right, let's just do an extreme wide shot or something. Yo, they shot it like if it was like a found footage movie. Like she's riding in a dark forest, and you could tell they just had this one crazy like twenty k light, just bam on focused on this one girl on the back of a pickup truck. I could tell that that crew is having fun filming this show, yeah. man, because it's not ordinary shots. Yo, they've they've gotten influences from Stanley Kubrick, Christopher Nolan. Um, they've done. I think this. I think this show. Even though you said that it was a, uh, it's
0: a playoff of a show from either uh, India, from Israel, from Israel. I feel like the guy who, uh, the showrunner, and uh, maybe the DP. I feel like this thing right here is like it. It's their. This is something they put their heart into. This is something that's like a, a passion project. Oh, one hundred. Because the way that you're shooting it, it's like you could have you, you could have gone traditional, but you just decided no, no, no. We need to show this. We need to show this. And you guys are just like, just freestyling just ideas. And these things are sticking. And I commend you. I'm not going to watch the show, um, <laughs> but hey, it's dope
1: as fuck. I watched Jack Reacher and that's pretty cool too. <laughs> the, also the editing too. I got to give it up to the editor. So there's an episode where um, something strange is happening and Zendaya's character She wants to figure she knows, okay, these two people are acting weird. I want to know what's going on. All of a sudden, it transitions into like an old school cop thriller. And you actually see her walking around wearing the strap around her chest, like the two guns. Yeah. And she's smoking a cigarette and drinking coffee. And it turns into like a crime thriller. And she's like looking at the evidence. Okay. But all she's talking about is gossip, school gossip. Yo, it's slightly getting me to wa- want to watch this show. Like, it turns into a film noir. But, like, you don't even realize the transition. And the picture even gets grainy, and it looks like it was shot in the 1940s. And then it goes back to normal again, but, like, you never notice. Like You know, you know what I like about this? Well, nah,
0: I'm about to say, come am like, okay. Because I'm thinking now, I'm like, okay. If I was young, if I was, like, uh, let's say 17, 18 years old, 19 or something like that, Seeing stuff like that will make me want to be a fan of that kind of genre of movie, right? I want to jump into that kind of genre. Like, oh, shit, this supposed to be inspired off of, like, some film noir, some, like, uh, from, like, uh, what's what's the name of that one show? LA Hit Story or NYPD Blue kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, let me find out some more. But I'm realizing that this show is not meant for for
1: kids. So maybe, like, they're not even watching this kind of stuff. Oh, they are. TikTok... TikTok is proof that they are because I've seen so many TikToks of teenagers like recreating. It's not for you. (laughs) This show is not for you. This is for adults. You're not supposed to be watching this. Bro, you haven't seen those TikToks of like someone like, oh, when you're going to school but you forget, you go to Euphoria High and then they turn into like a slutty outfit and shit. Um, And also, (laughs) so they did this thing um, after season one. Before season two premiered, they did two special episodes. They released two special episodes, and it was basically to show you, oh, before we get into season two, this is what happened in between because there was a cliffhanger. And yo, oh,
0: that right there is beautiful.
1: Daughter. Thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> the yo the the episode. The, so one of them is focused on Zendaya's character. The other one is focused on the transgender girl that mm-hmm. she falls in love with. Yo. Zendaya's episode mm. was so fucking good that I watched it over and over again. And it's just dialogue. It's just her talking to a guy at a diner the whole episode. Nothing. There's no action. There's no crazy cuts. So it's no. just like that, uh,
0: that movie that she had on Netflix with. Uh, yes, yeah,
1: something like that with uh, John David Washington. Yeah.
0: Which, by the way, the director and writer of that is the
1: same director and writer of Euphoria. Sam Levinson? Yeah. Really? Oh, shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> yo, it's just these two people that talking. That guy knows how to write, man. Bro, the writing is so Would you call him to good, par bro? with uh, the guy that's on your shirt right now? With Quentin Tarantino? With the dialogue between two people? Yeah, man. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. And you, you like,
0: I felt emotional. Quentin Tarantino has a thing with uh, referencing other people's works while he's writing dialogue between two people? Like, there'll be references of uh, maybe something from, like, a Western or something like that. Just, like, but do you think that this guy does the same thing? Or is it just, like, off the, like, this is really just a conversation between two people, like, an argument between two people, no references or
1: anything. It's just, like, this is what actually happens. So, I think, I think, Sam Levinson and Quentin Tarantino have the gift of understanding. This is how this character would talk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and that's that's one of the the things that people find hardest about writing is that they'll write something and then when the actors recite it, it's like people don't talk like this. Yeah, but they understand. No, no, no. Zendaya's character, who's a drug addict high school kid, this is what she would say. This is how she would talk. The guy that she's talking to is a recovering drug addict and he's trying to help her, this is what, how he would talk. And they get it. That's why Quentin Tarantino, a lot of people like his dialogue in his movies because it's like, it is believable. This person would say that type of thing. Mm-hmm. This person wouldn't. And I think that's the criticism that other directors have suffered from. Like one of the things that people always criticize about George Lucas, George Lucas does not understand how people talk. And that's why they, that was one of the, his biggest criticisms from Star Wars is that they, they all spoke like nerds. And it's like, yo, people, like, no, if he's the hero, he's not going to say nerdy shit. He's going to say this type of shit. The villain would talk like this. And Quentin Tarantino does get it. And Sam Levinson, it's apparent, he gets it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Still not going to watch the show. <laughs> but uh,
0: <laughs> I, might, I might watch it. You know what? Maybe we should do like a fucking watch party or something. And I watched like the first episode. Just to not should just watch it.
1: This, uh, the, I've been
0: watching um, uh Righteous Gemstones. I gotta watch that. I gotta get into that? name of it. Yeah, Righteous Gemstones. I finally uh I'm on episode two of that, and I've been watching uh the what you call it, We Are All Dead. Um that's when I found out that they, yo man, they they fucking they bully different over there. Um I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of good TV out there for everybody. Um there's I mean, right now they're releasing all these uh, rom-coms on, te- on television now, uh, on on streaming services. So as of right now, you don't even have to go to a movie theater to uh, enjoy, like, your holidays and stuff like that, which brings us into our... Wait, we still have a topic about, like, Foo Fighters.
1: Foo Fighters and Book of Boba Fett.
0: Book of Boba Fett and Foo Fighters. You want to talk about
1: uh, Foo Fighters first? Yes. Let me just pull up because I forgot the name of the movie.
0: Yeah. If you guys haven't known, I'm not sure if a lot of people out there are like Foo Fighter fans, but I want to believe that they are a lot of them. Um, they have a movie coming out starring the whole the whole band of Foo Fighters. And the the whole premise of the movie is that they're trying to write their 10th album and they are they seclude themselves from the world just so they can write this um this album, and Kevin found a fun fact about the house that they are staying in, which is a fucking... which is a nice fucking touch. But something happens, and the the lead singer of Foo Fighters... What's his name? Something Grohl? David Grohl. David Grohl gets possessed by a demon, and he tries to kill, or it seems like he kills everybody, every member of Foo Fighters, and this movie gives me the vibes of, like pick of destiny um well, there's another movie that has something about star uh, star wars where there was a whole bunch of uh, people who were trying to see the the latest star wars movie uh that came out like a oh fanboys fanboys it gives me that kind of vibe like it's like campy funny but this thing is kind of like horror so with the horror it gives me the vibe of what's that was there was a movie that was about like a horror movie a Ted and something horror movie when you everybody it was like from the views of the killers but they were not killers they were just country guys who live in the woods. Oh, the trailer park boys? Nope, not the trailer park boys. You man, bro, we we spoke about this movie a long ass time ago. It's uh, The guy from uh, Serenity is in it. Oh, there it is. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Tucker and Dale versus Evil is it, it gives me that same kind of vibe and all those movies, to me, are just like, those are classics. Those These movies are fucking hilarious. And Tucker, and I just want to see all these, uh, I just want to see this movie with Foo Fighters because I enjoy Foo Fighters' uh, music, and their music videos are fucking dope. And what's that fun fact that you found out about the house that they're staying so, in? I was looking
1: at the trailer. So the movie's called uh, Studio 666. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, they they basically are, are writing their new album. They, they go to this house that is in Sino to write the album and perform it. So for those who don't know, um, the famous record producer, Rick Rubin, actually already does this. So I, I have a feeling that it was influenced by that. Rick Rubin tends to rent out this house on Laurel Canyon in California it's supposedly a mansion that was once owned by um Harry Houdini and a lot and a lot of al- like great albums came out of that house. So I know he did an album with uh Red Hot Chili Peppers, Incubus from the out of the house Slipknot, Linkin Park. Um a lot of their best albums came from that recording in the house. And what he does is he basically tells them like you know i want you guys i want to get you guys away from the whole studio environment cuz people tend to act differently when they're in a recording studio he's like i want you i want to, I want you guys to be like fully relaxed so you're going to live in this house we're going to put all the equipment in the house the bedrooms we're going to turn them into like recording spaces and you're just going to live in this house i don't want you guys spending too much time outside of the house like don't go into the city just you know reconnect with nature cuz it's like in the middle of a forest yeah. and just do um and Apparently, this house, like, when you walk around it, because it was, you know, supposedly once owned by Harry Houdini, the architecture is, like, w- super weird. Like, it has hallways that don't go in a straight line. They actually curve around corners. There's rooms that are with really low ceilings, and then there's rooms with really high ceilings. Some of the, the hallways seem to, like, get narrow as you walk through them or get wider as you walk through them. And every person who's recorded in the house all said, like, yo, there is a weird like, feeling in the air. There's, like, this weird vibe in the air. So I, I, I'm i thinking that whoever wrote this movie with the Foo Fighters got that and just took it to another level. And, like, what if, you know, that house really was possessed and that's why these great albums mm-hmm. were recorded? I kind of also get the feeling of... Uh, I don't know if you know the, the 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 story of Faust. A lot of movies were made based off of that story. It's It's an old story. We all know it. It's basically a man who wanted something great and made a, a contract with the devil. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm going to sign this contract. I you know, some gonna, people say that but, that's what uh, Groundhog Day is about. About selling your soul to the devil?
0: The the insurance man. There's a, a, a theory that the insurance man is the, the devil. And as soon as he stepped foot into the puddle, that's when he signed the whole contract. Mm. So he, he, what you call it, he started doing uh, the days over and over again. Then at the end, you remember when he finally does all the fucking... He signs up for every insurance there possibly could be.
1: Yeah. That was the devil's plan all along. So maybe... I, I, I have a theory. Maybe that's what this movie's about. Like, they go in, David Grohl's really desperate in writing the best album, probably gets possessed, you know, because he sells his soul, and that's why he ends up killing everyone. But, I don't know. I could be wrong. But I'm getting I'm getting that Faust vibe uh, from it. Um the Foo Fighters are all hilarious guys. Like I've seen like if you watch their music videos, they are great in front of the camera. They all have these wild personalities. We've seen David Grohl actually played the devil in uh, yeah. Pick a Destiny.
0: Yeah, he did. And in the the music and the music video for uh The Greatest Song in the World. Be You Angels. I didn't know that was him until I think somebody told me that yeah, that's David Grohl cuz he also played the they played the drums in one of the Tenacious D songs dressed as a devil. Playing the drums, oh, most likely, yeah. And in that, in that, uh, what you call a greatest song in the world, he played the guitar. This guy, man, he yo, he, he has the face for a devil, big teeth, big mouth, man.
1: I love <laughs> I, you know. It's, it's funny because we we criticized uh, the last Bill and Ted movie, and I think the best scene in that movie had something to do with the Foo Fighters. It's when Bill and Ted go into the future, and they 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 arrive at a mansion that they supposedly live in, and they're like, oh, shit, so we did do it. We wrote the the greatest song ever. And then they see their future versions, and they're like, yeah, man, you want to hear it? And when they hear the album, they're like, oh, my God, we wrote this? And then later you find out mm. that's actually David Grohl's house that they broke into, and they were listening to a Foo Fighters album. <laughs> and they were like, wow, we were really talented, like this talent to, to actually write this great album, and it was actually just a Foo Fighters album. So, yeah I, I, yeah, I love the fact that this band has always gravitated around being that band. Like, yeah. they are legendary, and now they're making a movie about their legendary and their legendary status or whatever. And I I don't know. I'm I'm super excited to watch this.
0: Yeah, as, as a person who's, like, uh, I'm not really, like, growing up, I was not really heavy into, like, uh, rock or alternative stuff. There was only two bands that I really knew, like... I know that they were, they were like, they had like members of the band who I like really fuck with, and it was either Red Hot Chili Peppers or uh, Foo Fighters. Those are the only bands that I was like, if they came out with a music video, I would definitely watch it. And like, I would never buy their albums, but if I came upon their album, I'm like, oh shit, I know this band. Let me listen to their shit. And more often than not, I find myself listening to more Foo Fighters uh, songs than I did Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I respected them. Like just the same doesn't matter, and uh it's cool to see uh them doing this on their tenth album. It's pretty fucking dope I'm not sure if they if if the album actually is coming out or this is just like if this is promo for their fucking tenth album if if that's the album that's coming out, this is the best goddamn promo i've I've seen in a while, especially for a, a fucking uh movie fan i am i'm down for this a hundred percent like just to come out with a movie, and then you drop your album, that's insane. That's fucking insane. That's some Michael Jackson shit. <laughs> all right. And did you see uh, Book of Boba Fett? Yes. To... I'm all caught up on Book of Boba Fett, or may I say the Mandalorian prequels to season three. And I have to admit, um, yeah, this, uh, I don't I find myself, I can't say that the Book of Boba Fett is a a good show, Like it's a great show, because the last two episodes have been about the Mandalorian, and um, can I? I Don't know if it works well. I don't know if it works in that in that capacity. That I could say that yo, the book above Fed is like the first five episodes. Maybe they dragged on a little too much. Maybe they dragged on a little too much, but I see that they were trying to build up to this to this point of like there's going to be a duel with. Bubba Fett and his uh and his uh mafia versus uh no Bubba Fett versus the Mafia, uh these fish people. And I know we we're leading up to it, but then for some fucking reason, two episodes in to uh five episodes into Bubba Fett, uh it just it just turned into the Mandalorian and the memes that came out from that shit. Have you seen the meme with uh it constantly goes around where uh it's a whole bunch of people at a bar? And they're watching like a, a game or something. But I saw that same meme with uh, the Mandalorian when he walks through the when he's at the meat packing district. And he walks through the leather, uh, the clear leather doors, and you just hear that Mandalorian on there. And, uh, and I'm like, everybody just fucking goes nuts, like ah! And I'm like, holy shit! I remember watching that episode, and I'm like, oh shit, he's in it. it no, he's not in it. It is it the the show is the Mandalorian. <laughs> That is The Mandalorian. I'm surprised that it started off with Bubba Fett. Like, I should have heard that. dun 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 That's all it is. I've been telling people uh, who haven't watched it, I'm like, yo, you know what? I'm like, yo, don't watch it now. Watch it later on when The Mandalorian comes out, when the new season comes out. Watch this as the prequel to The Mandalorian season. So then you'll enjoy it even more. Because as of right now... I think that the Bubba Fett TV show is, is, is already done. They only had five episodes in the can, and then uh, Robert Rodriguez went over to uh, John Favreau and said, ba- yo, buddy, we need some fucking help. COVID got some of our cast down and out. We need two more episodes to to fill out this thing because Disney is on my goddamn neck. I need this mouse off of my goddamn back. Please help me. He said... Don't say no more, fam. I got you. And then he gave him two episodes of The Mandalorian that we were possibly owed to last season. He said, yeah, I got these two in a can that I was going to use for this season. But here you go. You can throw that in there. And we'll just use whatever footage that you have of uh, Bubba Fett in the tank. (laughs) We have him in the tank waking up. And then it switched over to The Mandalorian. And we have another uh, scene of him just sitting down at the table saying that we need foot soldiers. Get it your goddamn self. <laughs> bro, this show is weird, bro. But you know what? I'm yep. happy that I'm I'm getting what I wanted years ago. That I wanted I wanted the Star Wars universe to be TV shows, movies, and all that other stuff. And I'm getting it now, and I'm not gonna complain about that. I'm happy that this shit is happening. I may not be happy in the format that they're giving it to me, but Mandalorian and Bubba Fett are Two great shows about star wars um it's two funny shows about basically people who are not born of the culture but they are raised by it. It's amazing if you think about it in like a religion format, you see that people who are born of the religion are a lot more lax compared to people who are like born again or you know people who come from like they they are they are, the, those are the people who become like evangelists and stuff like that, who are like, they, they they police the religion way too much. And both of these guys are policing the religion way too much compared to, I forgot, that the queen who in the Mandalorian, when they saw her and she like she took off a helmet and the Mandalorian was like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? She was so lax with it. It was like, yeah, we don't do that shit anymore. But he was still in that old way of thinking because he's the outsider which I understand him completely for doing that because it's like, she can do it because she's born of it. But if I do it, it's like, yo, they they get me the fuck out of here because they they show
1: that you're not a believer kind of thing, which I understand. Yo, this last episode, there was, I think, more fan service than there was in that entire Spider-Man movie that came out. Like, yo, they made a reference to episode three. They made a uh, reference to... Uh the Clone Wars, they did references even references to Empire Strikes Back yeah. when Luke is training with Yoda. So many yeah. different references that it was like, yo, if and you're that, a fan, it you're gonna like love 40, this episode. It was,
0: Yo, It was like 48 minutes. They did a lot, man. They did a fucking lot. And the 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 memes that came out of that that were showing like the comparison of they they recreated the shot that they made in um the the recent Star Wars movie where you saw that the hut was burning because Luke uh, you know uh, s- shit went wrong shit went awry when he was trying to uh, teach these young Padawans and excuse me and I'm um I really want to know if they're gonna show me I really want to know if they're gonna show me uh uh, ben Ho- Ben Solo's... Uh, I want to say his crew, man, to be honest. Remember we were having this talk again? Oh,
1: yeah, there are rumors that they may introduce that whole... Uh, What's that? Uh, the, the Knights of Ren. Knights of Ren, right?
0: Bro, you can't show me the Knights of Ren. You can't tell me that, yo, he has these fucking Knights of Ren who are basically trained by Luke Skywalker, and they went over to the dark side with him, and you don't show me anything about him? Like, that's it? I saw that they fought Ben and he wiped, he wiped the floor with him, which I was still saddened by that whole shit because that fight should have been more epic, but it is what it is. Yeah,
1: that, it was really easy.
0: It was an easy fight for him, which it, it sucked because, bro, they sh- they didn't. The thing that's I, the thing that's getting me more mad now is because I'm like, okay, they didn't show me the Knights of Ren. That's fine, but they showed me these fucking scooter riding motherfuckers who were Bubba Fett. <laughs> They had fucking five minutes to chase these motherfuckers in town on some goddamn figios at uh, <laughs> at ten miles per hour. At ten miles an hour, you could have basically got off the goddamn bike. Uh, what was uh, who's Bubba Fett's uh, right hand? The woman, her, the robot, the the with the robot chest thing, her. Mm-hmm. I they could have got her. She could have been parkouring on goddamn building tops and caught that guy faster than them people on that goddamn scooter. That's Fennec. that's Fennec, right. Yeah, they could have got Fennec to just jump from rooftop to roof- rooftop like it was fucking District B, and it would have been it would have been a lot better than that freaking scooter. Oh my god, they thought they were real badass with those scooters, huh? Why you got so many rearview mirrors? Why? All you need is one. And you don't even really need one. You have a visor. You should be able to see things through that visor that's behind you that might cause you to crash or something. That doesn't make any sense. But I, And we didn't get no Knights of in. If they don't show me no Knights are in being like trained or something, or I want to see them going out and doing some shit, I know they're going, oh, it's in a comic book. Fuck a comic book. I want to see this shit on fucking uh, 24 frames. Fuck your one page, one panel. No, I need multiple panels of this thing. 24 frames a second, please. And yeah, that's my thoughts on uh, Bubba Fett or Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) The show started off so promising, man. It's still a good show, but it shouldn't be called Book of Boba. It
1: should be called... I'm telling you, if they would have done, this is young Boba Fett leading up to, this is how, what I thought should have happened. This is the young Boba Fett learning how to be a badass bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And he's he has all these near-death experiences, but he becomes more, kind of like Breaking Bad. He's going to start off as a rookie, a rookie and then just become the most dangerous man mm-hmm. in the galaxy. And then the last episode, the the show ends with he gets a call about someone wants to hire a couple bounty hunters for a job and it's Darth Vader and it ends with that scene in Empire Strikes Back with Darth Vader giving the the yeah. the instructions and then bam the show ends yeah like I want to see I want to see how like if if
0: if if you really want to do like the show right and stuff I would really like to see how him and his uh, his whole thing with uh, Han Solo because they have some fucking history. Yeah. Like you could do some shit with that. Like, oh, you, you know, um, maybe not. Maybe maybe he didn't have to. He didn't have a bounty for Han Solo. He knew about the bounty for Han Solo, but he was on for like a bigger, a bigger bounty kind of shit. But they they met they met each other. They had like a little uh, some type of squabble or some shit like that. Han Solo used to be a spice runner too, so that shit would have been pretty cool too. And I realized that this show is not taking place after the whole uh, Ren thing. This is like in between. This is
1: before the new trilogy. Yeah. After the old trilogy, right in the middle. Um, oh, what would you think about the CGI? We were talking about that before. Yeah. So at the end of The Mandalorian, the, the last season, they show Luke Skywalker. He picks up Grogu and takes him away. And I always had an issue with that that CGI, with that, with um, Luke Skywalker's face. I, I wasn't 100% satisfied with it. And apparently what happened was a YouTuber who basically created that deepfake technology, um, he redid that scene himself and actually improved Luke Skywalker's face. So Lucasfilm ended up hiring him and recruited him to join their team. And he actually was part of the... The Luke Skywalker that we see in the book of Boba Fett, which I thought was improved, still had, you know, it, there there were still some shots that were like, uh, yeah. they could have been the better. The eyes, we're talking yeah. about the eyes, the, 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 the blinking dead and stuff. eyes. I, dead, bro, I'm telling you, it's all in the eyes. The <laughs> eyes do everything. You want to add human emotion, you got to mess with the eyes. The eyes are everything. But it was a, a, an improvement over. Um, over what they did on the Mandalorian, so I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they recognize like, oh shit, there's someone out there who is really good. We gotta hire him. Like we we need a joint. We need. They've to, they've done to this before. Uh, I don't know if
0: you remember. Like there was a there was a whole bunch. There was like these two YouTubers that used to do like
1: lightsaber battles. Yeah. Uh, oh, and also the the guys who uh, there was a, a group of guys. Um, they they were robot. Um, engineers, they actually built R2-D2, a replica, mm-hmm. and Lucasfilm hired them because they, they wanted to get away from having to actually put a person in that mech suit and instead just make it remote control, and that's what they did. They really? They hired these two guys, and, and now all every time you see R2-D2, that really is a legitimate robot. It's not like a... Because they used to use Anthony Baker. Yo, how the fuck... Does that, that R2-D2
0: get around on grass and leaves and shit? You saw that? Yeah, I saw that.
1: That shit was smooth as fuck, man. I was like,
0: damn.
1: Can't do that shit in the desert. Nah. Well, uh-uh. he did in, in in one of the Star Wars movies, but every time they showed him, he was on like hard sand. Yeah. It wasn't even like... Yo, I don't understand how these
0: ships uh, move. Is the ground made out of like magnets or something? How is these ships just floating in the air in one spot? I need to know, man. <laughs> because it's like, oh, oh I'm just going to park it, and they just stay there parked. So if I run out of battery, would it just fall to the ground? I don't know. There's a lot of questions that I have during Bro, the, these two Mandalorian you know, you know, episodes. You know
1: the bullet train in in Japan right now, that's literally how it works. It's but It actually floats it off just of the stay, track because yeah, of magnets. Outside, yeah. 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 Maybe so is the really ground
0: nice. on Tatooine made out of, uh, like, is it like, like is, is the whole place made out of magnet and then... The, your spaceship is just like negative to that? No. If it's negative and that's a positive. They connect. So it's like this you're... No, no, no. I, opposites attract? Opposites attract. So yeah. if it's the same thing... So it has then, to be the same charge, yeah. So then you're able to go fast. There's a lot of questions that I had. I'm like, how are they... There, there's got to be some type of, some type of a geek who's out there who knows how that shit kind of works. Hey, uh, Lucas, hit me up, man. Hit us up on the emails or something, because uh, the science ain't making sense. The science ain't sciencing right, as some people might say.
1: There's also the, uh, now a conspiracy theory about uh, the Mandalorian. So, in the Mandalorian, when he tests out that Naboo fighter from Star Wars Episode One, mm-hmm. uh, he te- he takes it out for a test drive, and when he gets back, the mechanic goes, "So how was it?" And he says, "Wizard." Then he says the word "wizard." Mm. If you watch Star Wars Episode One, there's a kid that says that word. He goes, "Oh, that's wizard," Is and that it's, the way say it's and it's fast? uh, yeah, like oh, like oh, that's awesome or whatever. He says, "Wizard," and it's Anakin's little friend who's watching the pod race. He says, "Oh, Annie, that's wizard." And now there's a theory that he's <laughs> that kid, but what the wizard?
0: Ugh. I would want to be in that world. Of the, hey, kid, try this word out. Cool. <laughs> just, just walk away. There you go. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, you get it. You get it, right? Yo, did you think that was a good trade-off between that spaceship that he had before? the What was it called? The,
1: the rendezvous or well, something? Well, here's Compared the thing. So the other one had storage for all his weapons. Space. This one is about speed. That shit
0: sucks, man. <laughs> Bro, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god!" That's
1: why the Millennium Falcon is such a great ship because it's known for speed and storage. Yeah, but man, I was
0: I was heartbroken, bro. I was like, "Man, that is that is not a good trade. That is that is the worst trade yeah, I've ever yeah, seen." I in would my rather
1: life. I, ra- I would rather have artillery than yeah, speed because I'm like, "Oh man!"
0: And that shit was so goddamn shiny. There's no need for a ship to be that fucking well bo- bombastic, bo- bo- man. That shit was fucking shiny as hell, man. And then he wanted this ship to be the same thing, like the same kind of like, what is that a chrome
1: look to yeah, it? I guess he wants to. He wants it to match with this suit, man. This guy, he's he's all about style, bro. Oh, too much about style, bro. <laughs> too much,
0: yo. It's basically like putting fucking uh, <laughs> riding on twenties, man. Yo, I would guarantee it if the uh, if the Mandalorian was like on Earth,
1: he would def- he would definitely be driving a fucking like. A Ferrari. Nah, you know what? What's always bothered me was Boba Fett's ship. You didn't like that? So Boba Fett's ship stands up. It's vertical. I like that. But when it lands, yeah. So that means to get in, you have to be Dog, you have to climb into that chair. You know how annoying that is every time? Imagine you gotta get out of there quick. And it is what it is. But it's cool. But whoever designed that, whoever designed that, I would have been like, Can you make it a rotating chair? So it rotates, yeah. Or could you or could you just not do that and just
0: do what everybody <laughs> else is doing? <laughs> I want my ship to be like everybody else's. I know that this is... Listen, I know what you're trying to do right now. That's pretty cool, but...
1: And for, if you have anything in your pockets, yeah. climbing into that chair, bro, <laughs> everything's falling out. I'm, I'm just picturing myself like... I remember being
0: in situations where shit just falls out of your pocket and like, oh fuck. And it's like when your phone falls into like a crevice, like, God damn it, it's gonna be hard for me to get that out. <laughs> like, fuck it. Let me just go to this planet. Like
1: you have to give everybody whoever is is writing in your ship, you always gotta give them a disclaimer, like, yo, take everything out of your pocket. Take everything what? out, put everything in the bag. We have a little compartment right here for it. Oh my god, dude.
0: What, that has got to be the worst ship to fly in uh, in Star Wars.
1: Or how about the Millennium Falcon, the fact that the cockpit is on one side on of one the side. ship, so you have no idea what's going on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucking right, man. You have the worst blind spot in the galaxy. Like, oh. If you want to fuck up this pilot, just fly on one side yeah. and just hit him from the side. Like,
0: oh, did I scrape it? I scraped that shit? Fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just scraping the one side? Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Those spaceships are fucking weird, man. And if you think about it, the tie fighters are also bad because the wings no peripherals. There's no peripherals, so blind spots everywhere, dude. <laughs> Just These spaceships are trash.
0: Oh my god, they work. They they're built on all technology. All technology. Damn, that sucks, man. <laughs> I didn't even yo, I never really like thought about those that shit that way. I'm over here now. I'm looking at star, star like the whole Star Wars like catalog of like spaceships. Damn it! I'm trying to think of even what, what's the one that they uh, that uh, the Empire had the big ass fucking freight, the freight ones. Are those even good? With the big like the triangle ones? Yeah, like yeah, the triangle ones, the the star destroyers. Nah, because you know what? Because if you're playing the game in order to get to, like, the place where you can blow up the ship, it's like, it's open. It's free. It's, like, right in the middle of it, like this. And the fucking, uh, the the big-ass, the moon shit, the moon base thing. Everything in Star Wars is, like, the functionality, I guess, is good, but it's, like, into in order to uh, uh, compensate for that shit, it's, like, yeah, but you can destroy this shit, like, easy. Because everything has, like, a counter, like, oh yeah uh tie fighters yeah just just get in this blind spot it has a it has two fucking big blind spots on on, on the sides that you can't get to it um damn all that shit is it sucks, man <laughs> maybe star trek had a i think their thing is the the best route to go their spaceships are are the the coolest ones I do like uh the star trek uh
1: the, 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 the
0: Enterprise. Yeah, the Enterprise uh, looks pretty cool. They have the two fucking, the engines are at the bottom. The act- I didn't know that the actual, like, uh, the the main base thing, it can come off just in case of shit gets, like, out of control. They can just come off from the engine and just float and shit like that. And that's where the compartment, that's where everybody's at. That's where all your, dorm, your dorms and shit are in there. You can fit up to, like, 300 people in that shit. Damn, that shit's huge. Yeah, man. that shit is huge. I try to compare which spaceship would a uh, uh, a while ago. I was like, oh, which spaceship would I really want to be in? Because you know, um, what's that guy's name who did a uh, Family Guy? Oh, uh,
1: Seth Meyers. Seth
0: Meyers. He has a TV show, and I wanted to know how big his spaceship was compared to all the others. Um, the Star Destroyer is it's a fucking planet, so <laughs> millions, billions of people on that fucking planet. But each one of them is like they show you how big the spaceship is actually, and yeah, Star War Star Trek has a the crew of like three hundred is like it's massive. And bro, that I means that there's there's certain people that you you may never see while you uh, just traversing the fucking uh, galaxy. It's amazing. You know what else is
1: amazing? Well, we have planned
0: for a bracket system. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and similar to what we do uh, during Halloween season with uh, the Scream Fest, we're doing um, a bracket system called Till Death Do Us Part, which is us and our followers on voting on what is the best romantic comedy. So we created a bracket system, and the movies that we have that are going to be battling out uh, with each other are first up, we have look who look who's coming to dinner versus meet the parents, and it's basically they're both about meeting the girls' parents. Um, mm-hmm. We have breakfast at Tiffany's versus Rock Sands, which is basically nostalgia and like old school romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. We have Danny Real Life versus Crazy, uh, Crazy Stupid Love, which both stars Steve Carell. We have Fifty First Dates versus The Wedding Singer, two Adam Sandler uh, classics. We have Zach and Mary make a porno versus the girl next door, which both have to do with pornography. We have She's All That versus 10 Things I Hate About You, which is basically a bet that was happening behind the main person's back. Uh, There's something about Mary versus what women want, which I think is an interesting one because in there's something about Mary. They're trying to figure out what is Mary into and then in what women want, he knows what the women are into because he can read their minds. Yeah. And we have lastly Lovebirds versus Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which is about one crazy night between these couples. Yeah,
0: this list right here is uh, everything rom com. These are the ones. I mean, this is not going to be the the list that you know uh, typical people who like uh, rom coms are going to go after. But we picked the movies that we deem are rom com. They they fit the narrative, and on top of that, they are pretty. They're pretty good. I'm a fan of a, a a romantic comedy. How about you, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the
1: top of my list of it, genres. It's, but. it's
0: not the top, but I mean, there are some romantic comedies that are, uh, that are pretty cool. Uh, Crazy Stupid Love is like one of my favorite romantic comedies. That was the first one that I was like, hey, you know what? This shit goes, man. This shit is pretty funny. Um, she's All That and 10 Things I Hate About You. When I was in high school, I remember just this is when you know we had like uh you know everybody had like the cable that you had like I don't know like twenty different pay per views and when this movie came out on pay per view, like it was just on one channel just constantly being played. These that's one of the movies that I would watch like from back to back. Like I, I would I would have to watch it twice, not on purpose, but because once I watch the once I get to the channel, it already started and then I would finish it, be like, Oh, this is a good movie. Let me see how it uh how it starts. Then I would watch it from the beginning to the end. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I basically watch the whole thing all the way through. All right, got it. It's a good movie. That that that's pretty cool. And um I really did like the movie that was uh that was a parody of it. Well it was a parody of uh the the of '90s rom-com. What was the name of that movie? Uh, not another teen movie. Yes, not another teen movie. I really, I really enjoyed that movie. That that shit was. Uh, it was everything that I that I liked about those uh those teen movies, in one. They did a perfect job of parroting all those movies, especially with the music. The music that's on the soundtrack is what you call a rock version of every, like pop. Pop uh, song that was in every teen movie, and it was pretty cool. And shit, Good Charlotte was in
1: the movie. They were in not another teen movie.
0: Yeah, they did the the they they they, they did they were at the prom and they did oh. the song "Put Your Hands on My Shoulders." They did the rock version of that, which which is a version that I never thought that I liked <laughs> until I finally heard. I was like, oh okay. I don't like the guy from Good Charlotte's voice, but uh, when he sings that song, I'm like, all right, this song goes the song goes. Yeah. So we're going to start this. Actually, we already started it by the yeah. time you get by the time you guys listen to this podcast on uh Thursday, um we should already be knee deep into it and uh hopefully you guys vote on it and get it uh get it out there. Vote for your favorite. And if you have multiple accounts, vote with those multiple accounts. We want to know how into rom-coms cuz I think that everybody's into rom-coms but you know they're just like, oh, you know, it's it's not my cup of tea. It is everybody loves love. Stop hating. <laughs> All right, um, I think that's been our show, man. Do you think so? Do we have anything yeah. that we missed? No, I think that's everything. Yeah. All right, let me play us out with something. All right. With that being said, I've been Pat. And this is Kev. And we've been us. and Y'all been y'all. Hope everybody had a ball. Catch you next week. Peace.